Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Ian. Ian, there's uh, an article out that just looks like, you know, like red meat for Free Talk Live. Um, This is a 24-page hit piece by the New Hampshire Democratic Party against the Free State Project. No, it's it's not the uh, New Hampshire Democratic Party. Uh, This is... A different group, uh, Granite State Matters. If you take all the same people and you shake them up in a box and you dump them back out into the same place, isn't it still the same organization? I mean, it seems like these are the usual suspects from the uh, New Hampshire Democratic Party. I mean, these are the, yeah, sure. the, the, the same same people. Not to say, you're right, it's not the Democratic Party of New Hampshire. They're like they... low competent, confidence, incompetent, mentally ill uh, people, best I can tell. When I ran for state rep, the guys I was running against, uh, they fit that description quite well. I just, they're just ridiculous. They just want a nanny state. They want to um, you know, they think you, more taxes, more government fixes things. And they're essentially cult members, best I can tell. You know, they, they take these lethal poisons uh, that aren't even, you know, certified safe. And, and they believe they're safe just because, you know, they're, you know, the uh, the people they worship say that they're safe. And yeah. Yeah. They're, um, I don't know why. I've never been able to say why. But when the Free Staters came to New Hampshire, the Republicans while there have been problems with Republicans throughout the 20 years or so of the Free State Project here in uh, New Hampshire, it's largely the Democrats that don't like the Free Staters. And when it's the Republicans, it is what I want to say is the parasite class Republicans, the people who want big government, the people who want more government, the people who are, you know, like there's a lot of Republicans that own, for example, construction companies to get these sweetheart deals on paving the road. You know, they get tremendous money from it because they're, you know, accredited and certified and, you know, essentially have the special permission from the state. And well, the way you get that is in Massachusetts, the way it worked, like with these construction companies, that bunch of guys I grew up with, they all joined these like labor unions. And, and even one guy was saying, telling me actually a couple of days ago, a friend of mine, uh, he's a local guy, uh, works for, I forget what he does. Some kind of const- does concrete construction union. He lives here in New Hampshire, works in Boston and his bosses are telling him that he has to be like a registered Democrat. And I'm like, can you please like, what? yes. Yeah. He, I go, will you record this? You have a, a, just take a video, put your phone in your pocket. I said, maybe you should start wearing a pocket with a, a, a shirt with a breast pocket and you have it to your phone, sit there and just, you know, hit record. And, and, uh, cause these guys are telling them that they need to like make campaign to, uh, donations, contributions, yeah. contributions. There was a, a company right in Palmer, Massachusetts when I was uh, a big company, Northern Construction, Northern Tree, and they were big Scott Brown supporters. Well, guess what? They get a lot of contracts to do. Uh, they And John Kerry supporters. But they get a lot of federal contracts to do like all kinds of stuff. They get um, for like um, cl- clearing the sides of the roads, the sides of the interstates, like the trees growing in for doing that kind of maintenance, for doing the power line. They were actually working right here in, uh, uh, right in my hometown uh, last couple of weeks, taking down trees. And it's now, all government work. I've never heard a incident where a contractor in New Hampshire 
has gotten a New Hampshire contract based on this kind of insider graft kind of feel. I totally believe it in Massachusetts. But, I mean, Massachusetts has, what, ten times the population that New Hampshire has? And it seems like it's a little harder to... Like, New Hampshire's this... It's got 400 state reps. Right. It's not worth bribing anybody because there's mm-hmm. just too many of them. Um, mm-hmm. it, have, would your allegation be that this is going on at a state level in New Hampshire? Because, I mean, I've never seen this kind of... So corruption I could put my finger on in in New Hampshire. Technically, what I'm talking about is Massachusetts, because the guy who's in the union is working in Massachusetts in Boston on high rise buildings. Yeah. And he's basically like, yeah, we are told we need to give X amount of dollars to a Democrat campaign. We're told to be Democrat. And like half the guys just are like pushing back really hard. And, And they're like they're basically saying like they can make their lives miserable is what they're telling this guy. And he's like. Well, we'll just not come to work, <laughs> and they're screwed because yeah. just the only because the the kind of people that are doing concrete work, they tend not to vote Democrat. Right, they're not that kind. They're hardworking people. They earn their dopamine hits from working as children, as I am in, instructing everyone else to do with since their children. kids. Yeah. yeah, since children. So, so all, all these guys that work these hard manual labor jobs and keep on going to work. Uh, you know, they're, they're rugged men. You know, a lot of them come out of the mountains of New Hampshire every single morning, venture into Boston to do that for $100 an hour for a union. So, Ian, uh, what do you got here? So there's this report uh, that has come out 24 pages long by a group, and I'm hesitant to actually call it a group. I think it's one woman who is, uh, I mean, she probably has some friends. What's the name of the group? Uh, the name is not Granite State Progress, which is one of the the hate groups here in New Hampshire, uh-huh. but it is I'm their, familiar with that name. Yeah. Yep. This is similar to Granite State Progress, but this is a group called Granite State Matters. And uh, the author here is Jeannie Deitch, D-I-E-T-S-C-H. Is that the woman in question? She is the author of, okay. of this. Uh, she is a former New Hampshire senator. This is from her little bio at the end. And a mother of two. Her professional career was as an entrepreneur. Her companies What do senators get paid in New Hampshire? $100 a year. They also get $100 yeah. a year. Okay. Her companies included an intelligent robotics manufacturer and a market research firm. She was also a columnist for IEEE Robotics and Automation Magazine and earned a master's in public administration at the Harvard Kennedy School of Government. Jeannie founded Granite State Matters in October of 2021 to help busy people keep up with happenings in New Hampshire that affect their lives and livelihoods. Specifically, Free State Project happenings. Free State Project, and also she is trying to, in this 24 pages, which I have done nothing more than skimmed, uh, it is not worth my time to actually read the whole thing, but uh, she does appear to be trying to... Uh, to line up the Free State Project, which is a libertarian migration here yep. to New Hampshire, with hate groups and racists. It. It's always the Nazis. If you yeah. if you don't have anything else, level the accusation of Nazis. Right. Because who knows what the Nazis thought? Well, we know they hated people. Well, we know now that Nazi means nothing, just like racism means nothing. I mean, if you're a white guy and you married a white woman and you had white babies, you're probably a racist. Well, I or, mean, best I can tell, if you're, if you're a white guy and you do nothing else, you're still a racist. <laughs> yeah, that too. Or Adolf Hitler kills a whole bunch of people based on their race, and he's a racist too. And somehow, you know, the word means, you know, applies to both. So, I, so basically, like, it just has no meaning anymore. Yeah, it, racist largely means somebody with whom I disagree. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the thing just goes on. It's got your usual kind of democratic conspiracy theories about the Koch Foundation and, you know, these different connections between people in the Free State Project and the right wing. I haven't heard the Koch Foundation in, in a little while. Really? Yeah, I haven't heard of them. haven't heard them do anything, uh, being accused of anything anyway. Oh, oh, you mean recently? Yeah. Basically, they are saying the Free State Project is a danger to democracy, and they give um, examples of some of the things that Free Staters have said. They give examples of other things from you know people who aren't Free Staters, and then they suggest that we're somehow involved with them, like racist types, which the Free State Project has <laughs> I been have quoted a Free Stater. And I've quoted Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Therefore, <laughs> the uh, Free State Project has been explicitly against racism for a very long time. Yep, as 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 much as they can be. Sure. But uh, nonetheless, they talk in the beginning here about New Hampshire as uh, the target for these people who are trying to destroy democracy. Hold and- on a second, democracy. All right. So, anytime I hear a politician refer to this nation or the United States of America, which is a federation of nations, as a democracy, either that particular end of that, that politician is either ignorant or he's just a liar. Mm-hmm. Because right. you can't find the word democracy in any of the founding documents of of any of the 50 states or the United States. So this would be constitutions, bill of rights, the word democracy is, is not in there. Uh, in fact, what we have is a constitutional republic that that uses a democratic form of voting, and so uh, to, what it, to make it very clear, democracy is mob rule. Uh, what I, the the analogy I like to use is democra- uh, a democracy is two foxes and a chicken deciding what's for dinner. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the um, but and and a, our constitutional republic, as described by the Constitution of the United States of America, uh, would be. Two foxes and a chicken deciding what for dinner, except for the chicken is heavily is just as well armed as the fox. So they all have Glocks, for example, or they all have AR-15s or they all have nuclear arms, something. They're all equally armed because that's essentially, you know, what the, the republic is, is that the majority can't rule. And also the idea of our constitutional republic is that 99 percent of my neighbors can't vote against my rights. So now. Um, just look at property taxes. You know that that's a violation of this whole republic, you know, thing. If because what happens every year is everyone's property taxes is getting jacked a certain percent because a whole bunch of people vote at the town meetings to raise the property tax. So sure. that is your neighbors, um, essentially voting against your rights. That's why I say it is um, an act of aggression to send your kids to public school, and the parasite class. Uh, all of them show up to the uh, town elections to vote to increase sure the size of the parasite. So like the, like the Henniker town election, you know, uh, that is like, you know, 84 people show up and like literally like seven of them are voting no, yeah. uh, you know, out of the 84. And you I, start- I am familiar with this myself, uh, having gone to plenty of uh, town meetings in Westmoreland, New Hampshire, um, West Milan, as they pronounce it here. And, uh, you know, it's it's very demoralizing when you're trying to keep the size of government under control. And usually these small towns, you know, they're not it's like, you know, do we want to buy another town truck? Do we want to do this thing or that thing? And a lot of cases you're like, well, if you're going to have a fa- town truck, it ought to run. Um, and, you know, I get it. But also the opportunity for the 
the bureaucrats, the people who work for the government, always there pushing for more spending, more spending, more spending. Constantly know, increasing the budget. They know that uh, that's where their paychecks come from. Um, I guess I'll just start with the the beginning here of this report, okay. and we'll skip a bunch of the middle of it because you'll get a feel for what They're it's like. They're making their case, yeah. Um, so, wake-up calls. The following are just some of the true stories of anti-democracy groups' actions in New Hampshire. They are not unconnected occurrences. They are part of an explosion of nationwide attacks on our democracy, uniquely targeting New Hampshire. Right. Well, hold on. Nationwide, uniquely targeting New Hampshire. Strange, but that's the level of intellect we're dealing with here. I I mean, there's not a lot. Libertarians uh, aren't working very well outside of the state of New Hampshire, to my mind. But go ahead. They're doing very poorly. But this is about more than just libertarians. Again, she's going to loop in uh, right wing. Everything that's happening in America is happening in New Hampshire by 10. Yeah, so uh, even though she was involved apparently in a market research firm, she isn't the most gifted of writers. But anyway, uh, so she gives uh, several bullet points here. Bullet point, the first one, you wake up after a snowstorm. You learn that your child's teacher will have to be let go because a small group cut the school budget in half last night. Bullet point, your phone informs you that the county ski hill you've enjoyed all your life has closed. The entire management team walked out when new board appointees insisted on cutting the profitable site's expenses. Point. You attended morning worship service only to see a member of a militia group at the podium. Point. You are the town's sole police officer. You walk into work only to learn that your job was cut by the select board last night. To keep on picking on Croydon. (laughs) Point. You are an elected school board member. One evening, armed, uniformed men in masks show up at the board meeting. One holds up fingers and a thumb in the sign of white pride. They better have masks on, otherwise they're spreading a deadly disease. Adopted by white supremacists. Those were federal agents, by the way. (laughs) Good chance of it. Yeah, right. I mean, you know, I don't... Okay, so New Hampshire had some bad guys show up. And finally, you were elected by your community to represent them in the state legislature. You are Latino. Members of a neo-Nazi white supremacist group threaten you. So those are the supposedly true stories of so woven that, together to give you a picture of the Free State Project. That they claim yeah. now they haven't mentioned the Free State Project um, at this point, but that the they claim are not unconnected. Even though I'm going to argue that. The people that I know within the Free State Project are absolutely not involved in whatever white supremacist groups that they're trying to uh, bring up here. And as Jay pointed out, they are likely federal agents oh, that are doing that sort of thing. One of my main reasons I come up with the man camp cur- curriculum is I want to restore confidence in mankind. And the thing is, is a soy boy is someone who lacks confidence. Like one, of, I have some good friends that I, I am proud to say I've I have desoyed them. I've converted them <laughs> from soy boys, and 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 they've uh, and you know literally one of these guys just showed up one day and he's like oh, I I, I want to man up a little bit. I'm like, well, here's some hamburger. Start eating beef, and uh, and pick up that angle grinder. Start grinding that iron. And okay, now you can weld. And you know, and he, and he worked with me for a while, and and we toughened him up. And he and he even claims I've desoyed him. Uh, but anyways, so these soy boys are like these demasculated, sort of chemically castrated men who, uh, uh, you chemically know, chemically castrated by the food. The sure, that whatever the food, you know, the vaccines. I don't know what whatever is you know working on you. I mean, you can't you can only consume so much soy, and then then soy is like a has these like estrogen exciter type you know properties. So it so I've heard it, these claims. So it basically reduces stuff reduces your testosterone and stuff. But <clears throat> these. 
Democrat men in the New Hampshire legislature, like, you know, they're just not the type you're going to see wielding a chainsaw or splitting wood or, you know, and, 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 and they're kind of weak and, and, and they're like career educators. They're, you know, they're career government employees. And, and you see this all the time because most of the people who are working in government are, are because they've been trying to get this cushy job because they went to school for underwater basket weaving and, you know, art studies and, you know, gender examination. And they, you know, and the only place they can get a job is, you know, in GCYF, for example, sure. well, they have or to go, whatever. They have to go someplace where they're not making a profit. Um, you know, they've, you know, profit is sort of antithetical in so many ways to many of the philosophies of the kind of people that pursue government jobs. Mm-hmm. And so they end up in a place where they're just... Uh, you know, like doing being a functionary, doing work. They're they're doing the scientific definition of work, but they're not producing something that is marketable. And it's not in demand. Yeah, and so they you know end up in middle management in the government, and you know it goes from there. But they get to tell themselves a story about how they're public servants and they're engaging in service to help the community and that they're necessary and we need them. And ultimately, that's what this uh, Jeannie Deach here is going to argue is that we need democracy. It is the best system. And she gets into that here shortly. But this liberty is dangerous. We can't have liberty. That's (laughs) scary. Winston Churchill, I think, uh, was quoted as saying uh, democracy is... uh, That's coming up here. Yeah, okay. Another thing about the soy boys is and there's uh there's these studies i've heard so i i've been listening sort of to some of this like manosphere kind of stuff uh for lack of a better but like so i got like some friends that are like i'm never getting married i'm not interested in women i'm like <laughs> i'm like come on man you know like young good looking they're burned like, they're burned out well they, they just so my well so one of my buddies like start listening to this a little bit you know and, and, and the thing is he's like why do i want to give up you know lose everything you know if uh you know i get married and divorced and there's this, so that, many horror other stories i mean you can't blame them for, right. for that right so so anyways the um uh they were talking to, so one of these shows i was listening to uh pearly things i don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard of her just no. pearly things she's got a pretty big following but she was ta- uh, had a thing out where these girls were like i really like conservative men but i i just get so upset when they're like when they have a Trump, when they're conservative. Bump, Trump bumper sticker on their truck, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you know, and 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 they have a gun, and but conservative men are hot and sexy. These girls are talking about, but these like liberal women, you know, they're just and, and the men are like, man, you're you're just such a pain. You're so difficult. You're so high maintenance. Whatever, you know, they're not interested. And 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 the girls are like, but when I date, when I date, um, you know, liberal men, you know, they. Uh, they hide behind me when someone big and scary comes walking around. You know, conservative man gets between me and a big and scary man walking the other way. The conservative man makes sure that he's, you know, next to the road and he opens the door for me. And some girls are like, I don't like it when I open the door. I just want his protection, you know. <laughs> and the the funny thing is, is if they were successful in changing the conservative man to uh, whatever their philosophy was, like whatever it is. Then suddenly he's not interesting anymore. Right. And, and a lot of these like uh, liberal Democrat guys, another soy boy thing is like. They can't fix the brakes on their car. You know, they they couldn't like, you know, but we, we, the, we've been the so average person's going to have a hell of a time fixing the brakes in their car mm-hmm. and they uh, on a brand new vehicle. But well, and there's a lot of banging involved. You're going to spend all day doing the brakes in your car if you don't just take it to a brake place. But if you lack confidence, you're not even going to try, for That's example, true. and you're not even going to be interested. And and like even one of these preparedness things on, in this series of lectures I'm working on is like the thing that I see that right now in America that really stifles most 
poor families and like most people in general, especially the single mom who's got a you know a handful of kids, is when her minivan breaks down and she's making an eight hundred and fifty dollar a month payment on, and the thing's already ten years old because she bought it from one of these you buy here pay here scam lots where eighteen uh-huh. percent interest and they sell you a car mm-hmm. for triple its value because they'll take you know two hundred bucks every Friday from you. Yeah, no, there's um, no feminist buying a car, right? So, <laughs> so like when when their car breaks, uh, and, and a lot of people like their most valuable assets, their car. So your most likely like real problem you're going to have and be in serious situation as an American, especially if you're not rich, is your car breaks down. And now you and you don't know how to fix it or you have no idea how to fix it. And right now is the easiest time in history, for example, to fix your car because you can replace every single there's a tutorial for every make and model of car on YouTube. Unless you have a Tesla. Let me ask you this, Jay. So let's say you're a concerned Democrat in the state of New Hampshire. And it's kind of tough being a Democrat in the state of New Hampshire. You're How, how old am I? I think that makes a huge difference. Was I programmed by the Internet? <laughs> so am I 30 or am I 60? Because you talk to those Democrats, and let's they're talk two to, totally different people. Let's talk about both of them, okay. at, frankly. But we'll start with 60. Um, you're a 60-year-old Democrat. You're, you're sitting here in the state of New Hampshire. You know that, well, it's really hard to win elections in most districts in New Hampshire. The New Hampshire House has been largely, throughout its history, Republican, and largely even in his recent history, Republican. There's been some instances where it's Democrat. Didn't get much done, but nonetheless, it was heartening to you. What would what would your best advice as, you know, sort of a free stater advising this Democrat, um, what would your best advice be to how to live a help, healthy and fulfilling life? Like, like what are you going to do? So how should a 60-year-old live a healthy and fulfilling life? Democrat, yeah. Democrat. Well, I mean, you know, is he just planning on collecting Social Security and, you know, you know, that's what he's going to do? So, you know, some of these guys got like all kinds of annuities. There's a lot of retirees, um, yep. you know, and that uh, they're they're done with their job. They they want to live in the cool mountain air or whatever. Um, I might encourage them to move down south somewhere where it's warm, North Carolina or something, you know, big, heavy, you know, South Carolina. It's Democrat the only thing. solution I have for them, which is, you know, like, think about it. Because these these libertarians, they're moving where they want to move so they can have more political power. And it's not like this hasn't been the effect of pretty much every other state. Every other state has either a Democrat or a Republican majority. There's a few purple states out there. And, you know, why shouldn't you as a voter, why shouldn't you pick a state that uh, agrees with your value? Pick the state that agrees most with your values and move there. Well, and, and the thing is, is but even like, you know, to digress a little bit, like you look at any state. New York, Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, Colorado, New Hampshire. Uh, the the Democrat stuff, the hardcore Democrat things is all in the population areas. It's yep. all in the cities. You get outside of any city, anywhere. I mean, Chicago's hardcore Democrat. And, you the know, rest you of go, Illinois you go, isn't. Right. You go, it's, uh, the rest of the state is red. It's a bunch of farmers. And most yeah, of them are Republican welfare whores, as far as I'm concerned, because they're all grown at, you know, they might as that well Monsanto be. gold that they're getting <laughs> subsidized. And and if you look at like you know everything that these you know Democrat policies are about subsidizing, they're like they really want to subsidize the single mom. So we've had an explosion of single moms, and single moms have been getting subsidized. Yeah, they're, anything that you subsidize is going to grow, right? Yep. So mm-hmm. if you subsidize poor people, you will get more poor people. If you the want bottom line. married couples, which by the way uh, is the you know the single most like the single best predictor of success for your kids. Yep. Um, if you want married couples, you should subsidize married couples. Yeah, uh, because if we look at some of these facts of uh, of kids raised by a single parent, 
uh, something like 90% of the prison population or 95% of the prison population, what do they have in common? They're raised by just their mom. Yeah. If you are raised by by a single parent and 85% of kids is raised ju- by just mom, you are like 80% more likely to go to prison, 80% more likely to have some kind of substance abuse thing. It's like, it, yeah. you know, it, 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 to be homeless, all this. It's it's insane how it's, destructive. It's indisputable yeah, yes. if you start looking at these yes. numbers. Like, there's I guarantee no way- you, though, if you start subsidizing marriage, you will start destroying those marriages. Well, the thing is to Probably. not subsidize. Yeah. I don't know. No one's ever done it. <laughs> to not subsidize anything is and just let you know nature choose its course let the free market do well, its thing that's the, the the sort of the the dirty little part of this is is that you know marriage is a system that works it's a system where well you know you st- if you don't subsidize anything, women are going to sink out men and they're going to get married and they're going to settle down and, you know, whatever variety. Like there's all kinds of stuff you can look at. Just look at welfare and what it's done to families in urban areas. And yep. it ain't pretty. And if you look at these moms that, you know, are single, have one kid, that's a that's man. I couldn't imagine being a single mom having one kid and I get, you know, got to work, got to find child care. Some of them got four kids. Some of them got three kids. I mean, that is like there is no way they can they can do it without some kind of assistance because it, in a lot the, of cases they wouldn't have so many kids if it wasn't for the little bit of extra money that they get. Taking having t- two kids isn't as much work. Isn't that isn't double the work that one kid is? Right. Three kids isn't triple the work of one kid. It's just like feeding pigs or feeding chickens or anything <laughs> else. You know, you you still got to grab the bucket of grain and walk over to that pig pen every day, and it doesn't matter if it's one pig or five pigs. Right. And uh, but the amount of you know money that one gets from the government, if you're good at doing it, if you've learned the little tricks, the amount of money that there is to getting from the government does double and triple with two and three mm. kids. And mm-hmm. there's a and there's a hardcore incentive to keep a man out of their life because I, I don't know about New Hampshire in particular, but definitely the way it works in New York City. And I just listened to a thing about this on the uh, Patrick Bet David show uh, the other day. He was talking about how if uh, if a woman is single. And the dad's not in the picture. She's gonna uh, get you know three thousand dollars a month or something welfare benefits accumulated, whatever. Uh, but if the if she's married, all of a sudden she might get like something like eight hundred dollars a month. So mm-hmm. she's basically be, being paid like twenty two hundred dollars a month, and that might not to be, be a correct number. Yeah. Essentially, to be single is the incentive. If you have gangs or drug lords or warlords running it's not anarchy they're just a, a form of violent government uh is all they are and they're probably the wealth so it's plutocracy is all it is because they happen to probably be the wealthiest people and generally the people who have the most power right they can project the power wealth. by hiring more people with guns uh, this is one of the reasons that i philosophically agree with the notion that somebody doesn't have the right to rule over me i think the implementation gets very dicey and um, that's why I believe in Spencer Heath's and Spencer McCollum's work where they talk about private, what they call entrecoms, uh, entrepreneurial communities, private communities where, uh, you know, the, the basically the homeowners association, whatever form that takes, is the one that, you know, makes sure that peace and, and security is provided in the given community and, and that sort of thing. So that would be a voluntary association. It's a voluntary people. association. Yeah. I th- I think the only like example of anarchy I can really look at in, in history uh, for a short time might be the American West, where it was wild, where everybody had their six shooter on their horse, and 
you know, um, and, and the term was, yep, uh, the, the West wasn't as wild as, you know, you would like to think. It was actually very polite because if you walked into a saloon and you started being an a-hole, uh, there's a chance a half-drunk guy just might pull out his gun and shoot you. <laughs> and if you start being an a-hole, there's a whole bunch of people in that saloon are going to be like, hey, buddy, either pipe down or get out of here because a lot of people might be, but might be concerned some half-drunk guy is going to pull out his gun and pull the trigger in a, in, in, in a crowded sal- saloon. <laughs> yeah. So, like, antagonists and these people who, like, rile people up and stuff, that just didn't happen in, you know, an yeah. anarchist setting. The wild aspect is more Hollywood right. than yeah. anything else. Yeah, well, Hollywood loves that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a study done, uh, a report uh, by, you know, some academics, and basically they found that... Um, I, that they, you know, they took Dodge City, Antietam, you know, any variety of these old of tombstone. They took mm-hmm. these old towns. They uh, compared the crime compared rates, right? the crime rates to modern cities. Yeah. Now, these it's probably a fifteen year old study, mind you. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they Still. said that it was a tenth of what New York City was a twenty seventh. And we're talking per Baltimore. capita, yeah, right? per yeah. capita, sure. So uh, she goes on with the fear mongering here. New Hampshire's democracy is under attack. From all four directions. So talking about it's under the attack from dictatorship, plutocracy, theocracy, and anarchy. That's her, her claim here. Uh, but the greatest thrust to is to replace the concept of democracy with the concept of liberty. The Liberty Alliance and other libertarians believe that the majority should not be allowed to make rules that everyone needs to follow. Instead, the right of every individual to do as they please, as long as they do not harm others, is the highest goal. Now, she's pretty That's much pretty right accurate. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Every now and then, these haters, their research actually does right. they just show you know, the truth. Cut and paste and plop it in there, and, and that's true. Um, like... You know, for me, for instance, I always thought the biggest issue in New Hampshire was schools. You know, they, uh, you know, they got these uh, government schools and not to say mm-hmm. that New Hampshire schools are worse than other public schools in the United States. I'd f- in fact say that they were better. But, you know, that's the uh, the best looking uh, cow pie in the field. Yeah, they're still uh, indoctrinating you, the students into pro-government the, beliefs and they they cost a ton. Yeah. Fastest horse at the glue race. Um, you know. Mm. Merriam-Webster describes, quote, a utopian society of individuals who enjoy complete freedom without government as anarchy. Twenty years ago, the Free State Project decided they wanted to institute such a libertarian utopia in New Hampshire. That's not what the Free State Project tried to do, but all right. Yeah, I don't think Jason Sorens ever referred to this as a utopian movement, the founder of the Free State Project. Jason Sorens basically said, hey, I'd like to see libertarian candidates elected in a state. What would happen if we moved, say, half the population of the current uh, libertarian party's uh, roles to one small state? What would happen? Um, And that's kind of the question. It Mm -hmm. wasn't. Let's have anarchy. It was let's pursue a government whose maximum role is the protection of life, liberty, and property. These leftist commentators just constantly lie, and they don't even understand they're lying. I mean, there's just you know, it's just another you know element of this cult that they're in. Probably the closest any group has come to achieving a libertarian utopia is at Free Staters' annual Free State Pork Fest in Lancaster each June. About 2,000 Free State affiliates live in tents and RVs for a week. On private land, attendees buy, sell, imbibe, and wear as little or as much as they please. (laughs) But even five days of togetherness makes clear the need for rules. Hey, Daily Digest listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. 
I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake86. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Thank you there, Brother Mark, Brother Ian, Brother Jay. Good evening. What's How are you? I'm doing just fine. I've been busy, but I don't think you covered it. I'm sure you didn't, but I'm going to talk about something that I want to explain, and I'm a little disappointed in myself I didn't see it coming. The economic oblivion and us becoming a third-world country, and I'm explaining now. And I'm looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait. Well, I should have saw it coming. Everybody remembers that Thursday morning when we found out that Saudi Arabia and also, uh, what is it, Saudi Arabia and Egypt entered into BRICS. Now, here's how this goes. It I don't started, think everybody remembers that. <laughs> well, Saudi Arabia and Egypt are in BRICS? Brother Ian. I, I do remember talking about that BRICS has added now six new members, and Saudi Arabia and Egypt were part of that. Oh. And good for those Well, countries. that's going to come into play, too. So here's how this goes. It goes back, and I'm going to explain people's roles in this, with uh, the U.K., you know, leaving uh, the EU, quote, to protect the pound sterling. Now, see, I was talking about the mother of all wars. That's going to come into play of this, too. Now, what happened is... You have an unholy alliance. You got China, you got Russia, you got Iran, you know, and now you have Saudi Arabia and you have Egypt. Now, here's how this works. Now, you got China. They use the most oil in the world. Now, we're number two. Now, then you got, uh, you know, you got Russia. Now, they're a smaller uh, oil-producing country. Okay, and now what happened here is this has been a plan all along. Now, last, it was in July, that's when they announced that they're going to use a gold-backed currency. Now, I didn't take it seriously. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. It was, uh, it was like the Russian embassy in Kenya or something like that that made that announcement, and it was walked back immediately afterwards, and that never got any discussion at the BRICS summit. That's not to say it couldn't happen or that it won't happen. It's just right now they're trying to act like it didn't. Well, here, here's why. So maybe the Russian ambassador to Kenya wants to commit suicide. Well, it's all about timing. You see, here's why. Because here's what I see happening. I'm going to make a prediction based on this. And how is Iran's role in this? Because they, they just hate us. See, what's going to happen is oil prices are going to – see, we've lost because of our game. I don't know if, uh, if the people of Iran hate me. I don't think they know who I am. I mean, I'm not going to go out Well, but land. here's the thing. What happened is, you see – I don't hate them. Been play, with our game we've been playing in Israel, see, once – when I talked about Why are you what, do, happened, what are you doing in Israel? <laughs> are you calling uh, from, from there? in the Middle East? Well, we just lost that as a result of Saudi Arabia and Egypt 
joining BRICS because Good. we just now lost control of the Middle East. Good. Because we don't have it, – it, Israel's of no importance anymore. When you say you we, know? you're talking about the U.S. federal government? Because I'm not correct, involved in any correct. of this. I just want to make it clear. Well, I, I know not, that, brother. Yeah. So we just lost I don't think that. anyone in this room is involved in that. So the U.S. just know, lost that know, power. but you know what? We are a reflection of our federal government no. the way the world sees no, it. And you no. know what? It's no, not that's not true. That's not true. I think, I think most people know there's a difference between the people calling themselves a government and the people that, that, that are ruled over by that government. There's a huge difference between the Israeli government and the people of Israel. Israelis. Yeah. I wonder if this Russian war gets really hot, um, that, you know, this U.S. proxy war they're doing through Ukraine right now. Uh, I wonder if Russian soldiers will come here and liberate us from the uh, federal government. Can you well, here's the best part, okay? Now that this happened, See, we just lost control of our uh, of the Middle East as far as oil. So what's going to happen now is I'm saying by July of 2026, what's going to happen is oil prices are going to go sky high beyond belief. But it's going to get worse than that. That gold-backed currency is going to happen. And what's going to happen is as a result, the dollar is going to go right down the tubes by uh, winter. And it's even going to be worse than that. Wow. By now, winter, that's by a true prediction. When somebody will give you a buy win, like a, a thing that's going to happen and a buy win. Can you turn him down while you're talking there, Mark? I don't know if you can hear all that hammering in the background. But whenever it is we're talking, there's a bunch of noise coming from him. Talk back. Okay. Yeah, thanks. Go ahead, Ricky. Well, as what's going to happen is by winter of 2026, the dollar is going to fall. And we're not okay. going to be able to do trade because no, they don't need to trade with us. That gold-backed currency is going to happen. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. I wanted to uh, call in. I usually listen to the podcast. I've been listening for a long time. And I know Ian was talking about how you don't get a lot of new callers. And I've never called in. So I said, all right, I'm going to call in. Thanks, David. Caller. But uh, – I've been waiting. I, I listen every once in a while live to see when you, Mark, and Ian are in uh, the studio at the same time because I feel like as a listener, you know, you 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 feel like you know the hosts, right? Because um, you care so much about them, even though I've never met you guys. I have met a few hosts because I'm not far from New Hampshire, but mm-hmm. um, I was wondering. I wanted to ask you to, like, all of the great callers over the years. Um, you feel like you get to know them. You know, like I remember um, there was the guy who used to call Barack Obama the animal, the Filipino guy. (laughs) Barack Obama the animal. (laughs) Was his name Ricky? Ralph? Oh, Ralph. 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 I wish he'd come back from Biden because I I wish he'd hear what he had to think about that. Uh, The vegetable. (laughs) (laughs) And then I and then uh, like the one that really got me was the guy who was a bigot. And hated Jewish people. Scott and then his parents died, and mm. he found out that he was Jewish. <laughs> and I wonder, like, do you guys wonder as hosts, like, what happened to these people? Because I, as a listen, as a listener, like, I always wonder about some of those great old chronic callers. Like, right. what happened to them, and where well, are they now? Free Talk Live has been on the air for twenty years, and yeah. we, I mean, you know, the some of these people, some of these people that were calling in fifteen years ago weren't spring chickens. We've yeah, lost away. a lot of callers. Um, mm-hmm. You know, maybe they 
you know, had a stroke. I, I remember Paula with her fax machine. Yep, uh, yeah, right. I'm faxing the president. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was faxing the White House or whatever. You know, we ha- uh, you heard she did have a stroke. Apparently, that's what what we heard through one of the call screeners. Yeah, on G- uh, GCN, GCN, our syndicate. Yeah. And uh, Gene, the Christian anarchist, we know he died of oh, yeah. COVID. Yep. Yeah. And um, there was the guy that Walt that lived at the junkyard. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, ago. he, he, he just had. He just gone. sounded like a sergeant. And yeah. um, I, anyway, there there have been I many, many throughout me. the years. Was there a question? I can't remember. Was it was like our favorite or something? No, no. I was just wondering okay. if you ever if you ever sit there and wonder like I, I do. I, I think about them all the time. Them out with, you know, calling them out would summon them. It'd be awesome if some yeah. of them would call back. Yeah, every now and then they'll call back. I mean, Ricky, uh, who we just were on the phone. Sarah was gone for a couple of years. Yeah, Ricky back. was right. gone for five years and then came and back. We haven't heard Dave from Poughkeepsie in a while. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, about that. That guy, he yeah. was very interesting. I liked him. Yeah, he was a great one. <laughs> and yeah, I think the answer to that is, is uh, sure. Free Talk Live's been. I mean, there was there were many over a decade that Ian and I did this show six nights a week. Um, what is that? Eighteen hours uh, a week. And then we did it as our full time job. So we put in forty hours during the day, and then uh, you know twenty hours in the night um, each week. And sure, absolutely, this is a uh, free talk live is a major part of my my life, and I think about the the callers all the time. And I yeah. thank you for having called in and uh, and brought some of it up, David. Yeah, I even wonder about some of the old hosts like Doctor Stephanie. I remember her. Yeah, uh, she I got just married. asked about her the other day. What's that? I was just asking you about her the other day, if she's still in uh, New Hampshire. As I understand it, she is. I mean, I can reach out to her. Because I know her and uh, her husband are no longer together. So did she get re-remarried? She wasn't married to Brian. Oh, really? I thought they got married. I don't believe so. No, she got married. To my knowledge, she has been married one time, Uh, and that marriage continues on. Okay, that's nice. Um, Didn't even know about that. Yeah. And yeah, I always really liked her visit with her at Pork Fest and stuff over the years. And, and last I knew, she she was with Brian Sovereign, and they were living up in the Upper Valley. And then somehow they broke up, and that was the end. Well, yeah, um, they're actually two of the hosts I met at um, Liberty Forum at the Silver Circle screening, and in oh, neat. Okay. Yeah, the Silver Circle was a movie, and it was about uh, you know so the underground um, money, and I think it was it's well worth uh, go, you know go go yeah, search for it. It's pretty definitely cool. worth watching it. Yeah, it still applies today. Like yeah. all the, everything still applies. Yeah, it's well, uh, things have changed, but the underlying premises remain the same. A firing range comes with all kinds of inherent problems. Property lines, imaginary lines created by men, uh, do not stop bullets very well. Mm-hmm. So. You would be responsible as a property owner for all the noise that comes from your property because noise strikes an eardrum. Um, it is a, you know, potent, it's a forceful act. Mm-hmm. And uh, you would also be responsible for certainly bullets that fly over property. So, sure. um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of responsibility. So, I have a place where we can shoot guns mm-hmm. and I made it extremely safe as I basically brought in a bunch of sand and compost and wood and stumps for a backdrop that was, you know, essentially all ledge. Yep. And because we didn't want to, you know. bounce off the ledge. Right. We didn't want the ricochet. And uh, when we are shooting over there, it's, uh, we have a bunch of neighbors that, you know, are anti-gun, you know, they work for the local college Mm. and... They picked the heck of a town to live in. Right. They, uh, well, whatever. I mean, it was, I didn't pick the town. I just. No, they did. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyways, but like the police, yeah, they used to come to, uh, to my property and say, ah, well, we got to come over here because the neighbors complained and we're just telling you, but you ever, we can't tell you, you can't shoot your guns. You can shoot your guns anytime you want. Mm-hmm. 
and um, there is a noise ordinance after 10 p.m. And I said, so I don't think you should be firing at a firing range after 10 p.m. People are trying to sleep. I definitely do shoot uh, predators. Okay. Uh, in fact, I was out walking around at 4 a.m. the other morning looking for a Yeah, I'm a talking predator. about practice, yeah. not to real life. Right. <laughs> uh, that's been trying to get my chickens. Hmm. Anyways, uh, but like the, you know, the uh, cops are like, yeah, it's your right. And, you know, we can't, we're just telling you. So now they, then they started just giving me a phone call. Hey, is that you shooting guns over there? And I'm like, no, actually it wasn't. Actually, so all my neighbors literally have gun ranges except mm. uh, every the guys across the street and they're they're uh down the road north everywhere around me there's there's just every sunday afternoon there's all kinds of gunshots when everywhere. i lived here i had 10 acres and i'd invite people over to shoot i didn't shoot myself uh but you know we had a little gun range there on the property too well, and, and so she's right then. It is your freedom to have a firing range uh, on your property. But I think Jay's point is that responsibility also comes in play. Freedom and responsibility go together. Right. And that's a point she's missing oh, yeah. uh, here. But it is, I mean, the general point she's making is is true. If you live in a place and somebody wants to have a firing range in their property and they're doing it safely and responsibly, you know, if you, you move to a place where that's accepted and that's happening, then you know what you were getting into when yeah. you were moving out into the woods or you whatever. You shouldn't be able to go into a community um, and just sort of make people stop doing what they're doing. Yeah. I tend to agree with that. Now, if you live in a place that's a, you know, a, a, a gated neighborhood and there's a rule against firing ranges in yeah. the gated neighborhood, then you won't be near a, a firing range there because they've got that planned out. They've got enough of a curtilage or whatever. There's enough space between the gated neighborhood and whatever's the next thing that they're not worried about any firing ranges because they bought enough property to where that's not going to be a problem. Uh, so a little bit of planning in this area not central planning, but planning as far as what people actually are looking for, the kind of communities they're looking for, that solves these these concerns. So you mentioned responsibility. So another thing I'm noticing about young young kids, uh, especially a lot of teenagers, and I um, and my young younger brother lives in California, and and it's kind of a, like a, a city California thing, big time. But like a lot of young people just aren't interested in driving a car. And so that does seem to be a thing of a, this recent generation, because yeah. yes. when I was growing up, we all wanted to drive a yeah, car. People yeah. just couldn't wait to get on the road, get in a car, uh, you know, and, and like I can remember my grandfather, my uncle, my dad. I was like, I'm, I'm 13 years old. They're like, you can drive now. And my uncle would let me let me drive his 18 wheeler semi truck for hundreds <laughs> wow. of miles at wow. 13 years awesome. old. You know, July in 1993, I just turned 13 and it was, he's were in, in Virginia. He's like, you can drive it. And I, I've been driving it in a yard and my dad. You know, when I was, this is why one of the things I'm I'm starting to do with our local homeschool co-op is I got some kids. Um, we're going to get into garden tractor pulling. Yeah. Uh, so it's like preschool mechanic, mechanic preschool garden tractor pulling. So uh, we got a handful of garden tractors that I ended up with. They don't mow the lawn, but they run and drive. And you know, you had a few at your place that yep. they didn't mow, but they drove. And so they'll learn how to use a clutch. You know, they'll learn how to you know do these things. But uh, one thing I've noticed is um. Uh, you know, with with some kids and even some some kids come to my places. I got some tractors. I've taught them how to drive, and like one tractor is really easy. It's an automatic, and and like the kid was like twelve years old, and he was not interested in driving this tractor at all. And I and and he was like sort of interested in it, and I had him do, doing it just a little bit. And then as soon as I explained to him that this thing weighs eighteen thousand pounds, you know, it's a John Deere three ten backhoe. It weighs eighteen thousand pounds. So if you hit something, whatever you hit, you're going to destroy. 
So we don't we be careful of cars, be careful of buildings, you know. Um, and I, I took the thing and I just drove it into a tree and it just knocked a tree right over. And the hmm. kid was he, he was scared. Yeah, and it's a lot of power. Yep. So so he's I, I don't want to drive this. He starts crying. He gets all upset. So you know. So I'm like, ah, oh, he's not interested in using a tractor. I had a conversation with his mom, and his mom says, yeah, he does not want to have that kind of responsibility. Hmm. And so another guy I know, he he came here for the Free State Project. I don't know if he's still around. Um, and he's like 24 years old, and he's like, oh, I got to get a car. He's like, I never <laughs> wanted a car. He was like so upset that he had to get a car. Did he come from the city? He came from L.A. Okay. <laughs> and um, and, and, and I, so I've had this conversation with a lot of like city folks, city young, you know, like, um, you know, 20-something-year-olds in the past four or five years. Yeah, if you live in the country, you've got to have a vehicle mm-hmm. to, be and, able to get from... <laughs> and, and they're like, well, and, and they're... So they've kind of brainwashed that, you know, cars are bad for the environment, mm. you know. And, but, the, but the bottom line is, is like what seems to be the common denominator is one... And I haven't gone down this rabbit hole yet of, you know, where this mindset comes from, how this develops in young people. But the common denominator uh, was basically that they did not want to assume the responsibility of wielding that three-ton object down the road. We can look back at the history of some of the loudest mouths against the Free State Project here in New Hampshire. And they've almost and all left. we can see many of them have left. Remember Pam Martins? Mm. She was an author for a website called Counterpunch. She used to live in your town in New Hampshire, Mark. Yep. And she wrote some of the most anti-Free State Project articles that were around in the the aughts, right? Like yep. in the ni- 2009, 2008, somewhere in that range. She moved out, and she moved somewhere outside of New Hampshire, from what I understand. Uh, the guy that used to own one of the coffee shops here in downtown, Keen, uh, Bonnie and I were watching some old uh, Ridley reports and free Keen videos from from back in the day, and one of them was the uh, the drinking game that we did here at the the Keene City Council, where we right. brought in open containers of not a beer. And, and I would be water. willing to bet that uh, half of those, um, you know, city council people that existed at that time are dead or, um, you know, sort of useless Good chance, mentally. But the city councilors are always bad here in Keene. I mean, they're still terrible. Yeah. But the the people I'm talking about weren't city councilors. They were the, the louder voices against the Free State Project. So one of them was a local coffee shop owner who came down to one of the drinking game episodes at the council and he had a coffee cup which he had written on it like free keen from the free staters or something like that and he assaulted sam dodson with the coffee cup by touching him in the in the face with it apparently and there was this big to do about that and this guy had founded a group called free keen from the free keen stigma bit of a mouthful but it was a thing for a short period of time one of the local hate groups and uh, that guy's gone. He sold his business to somebody else. He and his daughter, who is a communist, have moved out of the area. She ended up in D.C. He ended up in Los, place uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, and so there's just story after story of these uh, And I'll these bet people. they're happier. I hope they are. Right? And, like, this is one of the reasons that, um, you know, like I've sort of left the Free State Project is, is I don't want to give my life <laughs> To my enemies. And I feel like that's what this is. And it's becoming less and less that uh, the free staters have done so much work. Now it's the statists who are giving their lives mm-hmm. to the free staters by, uh, you know, fighting the progress of liberty in um, in the free state. Well, Jeremy Kaufman has pointed out, and I don't have the exact quote, so I'm going to paraphrase him, that the bulk of our opposition are old white women uh-huh. that, and, and, that, and that don't have kids. Yeah, childless, old, yep. white women. That's a great point, yeah. Yep. And yeah, I just pulled up the picture of Jeannie Deitch. She fits the profile. 
Well, she, well, you don't she know does she's have childish. kids, though, right? Childish. I don't know if she has, if she has it, uh, children. Is that the one who wrote this article? Yes. I think in her bio you said she had two kids. I was specifically okay, listening right. for that. Some of them do reproduce. But regardless, uh, she is an old white woman. And these are the this is the bulk, the bulwark of the New Hampshire Democratic Party. The younger ones that you were talking about earlier that don't really kind of jive yep. with them, you don't see them very often. Nope. They don't show up at these meetings. Same thing There's an the intentional community the for these people. It's called The Villages down in uh, Ocala, Florida. And they're going to have such a better time Mm -hmm. there at the, you know, little old ladies Democratic Club or whatever, talking about how things should be and how bad Trump is. And, you know, she she can regale them with the stories of the terrible people up in New Hampshire. Sure. Uh, Lots of uh, granite staters down there. And it's just a better life for them. And also look at what's happening to them from their own party. The Democratic Party right now is in the news for what they're about to do to the Democratic Party in New Hampshire and in Iowa. Got him. And that is they are essentially telling both of these par- these Democratic state parties that they are not worth anything. Uh, they are going to deprioritize them in the primary coming up in 2024. The decision has basically been made. Now, apparently, the Democratic Party has now extended the deadline for New Hampshire to come in line with their demands, which is not going to happen. What are and the demands? So- Isn't it like, don't be white? No, the demand is that the Democrat or that uh, New Hampshire's government needs to go along with what the Democratic Party wants and reschedule its primary. Oh, well, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. Correct. <laughs> so they but they've extended the deadline to mid-October to give the New Hampshire government the time to comply. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, so what's going to happen? The Democratic Party is dictating to a sovereign state how it's going to run its elections. Correct. New Hampshire, of course, has had the what they call the first in the nation primary for now, I think, more than 100 years, if I recall correctly. It's been some Sounds time. Right. And they're, you know, they're pretty proud of it. It's kind of a silly thing to be proud of, but that's what some of the politicos here, they're really into. And so even some of the Democrats are upset about this because they like being the, the attention. Yeah. They like being able to make decisions for the Democratic Party and, and so on. Uh, but the Democrats as a large, as a whole, don't much care for this. And the reason is uh, because New Hampshire is relatively, as far as its demographics, relatively white. And uh, there's not a lot of diversity up here. So what they want to do is they want to have South Carolina be the first in the nation primary because it's more diverse down there. And the Democrats say that's important to them. And so therefore... They want that for the Republicans, too. Well, the Republicans aren't playing along with it. No, but, well, not not today, but it may very well be that that's the case. If that does happen, then New Hampshire would be hard pressed to change its uh, its its view. But for right now, the Republicans are still kind of running the show at the state level in New Hampshire, even though it's close. It's like almost 50-50 Democrat to Republican. But a lot of Democrats don't want to change first in the nation either. They're pretty proud of it. Sarah from New Mexico, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, Ian, you're, how come you're doing a show? I thought you were going to be in jail. I'm sorry to disappoint you. I'm still here. <laughs> oh, oh, okay, you're, you're still there. Um, well, I just wanted to bring up the, the laser technology, um, the alcohol detection um, system. What happened to that? That kind of got wet out the window. I thought you were following Our, that. Why are you asking us? How come you don't know? Well, it was talked about. Uh, maybe uh, the was Ben Ray Lujan from our our senator was uh, he was a, 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 an advocate up in Congress to make that, and 
Let's talk I'm pretty about sure that bill passed. The bill that's going to require a ignition interlock uh, system on all cars after 2026. That's like old news. I mean, that that passed. Are you saying you've heard that it's somehow not going to happen? My old truck's oh, going to no, get so, so valuable. So it is, well, I'm just saying, when are, when are they going to start manufacturing it? Oh, it's going to be a few years. Yeah, I think, oh, I think really? 2026 it, it has, is the mm-hmm. soonest. And I think they still have to figure out whether it's going to be a laser detector or some sort of bloodstream detector using infrared. It, it'll be as easy as a kid using a VPN to bypass yep. the TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, thing in China, so we can get on real un- uncensored TikTok. It, it, like all of these things, even like, like so you know, I know so many people have got cars that got OnStar and they mm-hmm. just totally have them removed mm. because they can shut your car down with OnStar. Right. They can track you. It calls the cops on you when you get in an accident. Um, well, I suspect they're going to make it illegal to remove this technology would be my guess, but uh, I don't know if the bill has that detail. Well, it's illegal to uh, you know put these tuners in your diesel pickup trucks. The EPA has been hammering on these diesel shops here for a couple really? of years now, uh, but guys are still doing it every day. Nice. Is that all, Sarah? Yeah, that kind of went out, but I mean, since uh, you know, self-driving cars are kind of stalled right now, but, um, that, I mean, that sounds like a really next step up, you know. So, so self-driving cars. So this is a step between self-driving cars and what we have now is is the, uh, at the very least, you can see that the driver of the car is sober. Is that the idea? Right. So it's, uh, the thing is, the car would not even start at all. Well, or if they you just have your kid blowing that, it. Don't worry about it. No, it's not that blowing. It's, it's, not it's, be like to, that. it's a laser that analyzes yeah, it's be some your new breath thing. or something. Yeah, sure. It's not like you blow like, into like it. He said, look, like Look, Sarah, believe me, Jay's right. There will be, before the, the first car rolls off of the factory line, somebody will have a hack for this. Yeah, there's hacks for everything, and uh, especially cars are so easy to hack. E- even like, you know, there's there's people who rank cars, and the first thing they do is disable the GPS tracker in a car because mm-hmm. they understand about it. I, I knew guys that used to rent trucks from like uh, these, tr- you know, truck rental places and they would just disconnect the odometer and run the truck because (laughs) you paid by the mile (laughs) you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes subscribe to our podcast listen live and more all for free at freetalklive.com